Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Robin Hatcher, who is the founder and CEO of Speak Etc. She is a dynamic keynote speaker, communications expert, author, thought leader, and award-winning actor. Robin transforms the careers of business leaders and the culture of organizations in the financial services industry and beyond. She has appeared on Good Morning America and was named in 2019 by Women's E-News as one of the 2021 leaders for the 21st century. Robin has successfully trained and coached thousands of business professionals from Fortune 500 companies and noteworthy brands and has spoken in front of hundreds of audiences. We have so much to talk about today. Let's just jump right into this and welcome. Thank you so much, Summer. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you here on the Core Women Podcast. So let's go. Let's just dive right into this. So before we talk about your professional journey, can you describe your life thus far in one word? You know, I don't know what the noun word for it is, but I feel like it's something around metamorphosized or metamorphic. Is that a word or transformational? <laughs> I think I need to make up my own word. Do it. Yes. Tell us more, Robin. Because when I think of metamorphosis, at first I was thinking like evolutionary, but that's like so done. Um, <laughs> but metamorphosis is like you think of the butterfly, you think of like the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. And I feel like that's what my life has been. It's like every turn, there's like this little caterpillar and it grows into something and then, oh, that's a surprise. And then it goes back into its chrysalis, it seems. And then it emerges as something else. It's even a prettier butterfly. And then it's gone on and on and on. I love that. I love your why. Let's talk about some of the unique experiences in your past that led to that metamorphosis and where you are today professionally in your journey. Yeah. Um, one of the first metamorphoses was turning out, turning from someone who was incredibly shy, having the literal nickname shy, to someone who had the nerve or the gumption to try out for a high school play. So that was the first shift. That caterpillar who, you know, if you met my family, I would be introduced as shy. So then when I metamorphosized into an actor, a high school actor, I then realized it's like, oh, what if I wanted to continue to grow? Because that didn't feel big enough. So I went to college and I majored in theater. And so majoring in theater gave me a bigger, broader swath of roles to act into and characters to be and situations to put myself in so that when I graduated and then I decided to move to New York to pursue acting, that grew me into a whole nother 
place of like, could, do I need to be a commercial actress? Do I want to do stage? Do I want to do theater? Then as I was looking for roles and as an African-American woman, there's not always a lot. I discovered that when I was in high school, I had to write my own play for the uh, audition piece when I auditioned for that play. When I got to New York and saw that there wasn't a lot of roles for me at the time, I decided to write my own play. And so from that play, I became uh, a writer. And then I became a soap opera writer because I used that play to introduce me to ABC Daytime, who was looking for people to train to be soap opera writers. So then I metamorphosized from an actor, from a shy person to an actor, to a writer, to a soap opera writer. And in between, somehow I was teaching English as a second language. And I loved that. I hated grammar. I hated all of that stuff. So I decided that I was going to create my own public speaking course so that the people in my class, all these um, these adults who are struggling just to be seen in a different language, they were walking the streets of New York and going into bodegas and not being able to communicate what they wanted. And I wanted to help them. So I created a course just for public speaking. So then I metamorphosized into a teacher of English as a second language, but not only that, but a public speaking teacher, which then grew into my public speaking for native speakers at the same college, Baruch University. And then I just took that into the public. Wow. <laughs> there were so many different milestones, opportunities for growth, and you took them. Let me take you back for mm -hmm. a moment to where you were shy. Mm -hmm. You were introduced as shy. How did you really get past that? How did you just, did you just jump into the, I want to be an actor in high school? Or was it, I get to play these roles and remove myself to a certain degree and just put myself into this fully and not be Robin or shy, but okay. that character? It was a little of both. What, what happens is like when you are in this cocoon, it gets really suffocating after a while. So I feel like a lot of times you just are looking for a way out. And I had a little help. My mother was very astute and she's, she was great. And at a very young age, she thought that what might help was to put me into an acting class. So it was around between eight and 10. And I tell this story all the time, but it's so funny because I, it was probably like a six week program. I have no recollection. I have one visual recollection of sitting in the audience at that class. Nothing else made sense. So I think when I got to high school, that memory of, oh, you could go on stage and be something else, whatever I did in that class stuck or pinged and said, oh, why don't you do this? And maybe this will help you. Because I was in a new high school, brand new set of people. I went from a Catholic school that had been in eight years to a public school. So it was an opportunity for me to actually test my wings. And to see, so if I really audition for this play, I think, you know, what do I have to lose? Nobody knows me. If I don't do it, if I fail, no many would know. Because it wasn't even my school. It was a boy's school down the street. So I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. So it was a sort of a zero sum game. It's like if I did it and it worked, that would be cool. 
if I did it and it didn't work, I wouldn't be any further along than I am now. Right. Wow. And that was very insightful of you. I mean, seriously. I know. I can't believe I realized that. And the fact that I realized not to tell anybody, because there was this, like, all of a sudden I had this insight that if I told my mother, she would be so excited. And then, you know how that happens? It's like, she would get so excited that the expectations would be too high and I would fail. If I told anybody else, it would be like, oh my God, you, you're shy. How could you do that? And also by keeping it some things to ourselves, it's almost like our own gift. Right. right. And so as it gradually blossoms, you can say, yes, this was my plan. And I love mm. that you do think about how can I reformat or redesign something that's going to work for me or that might work for better for a community, even as you were teaching English as a second language? How is this going to work for those students that maybe those traditional programs don't work as well because they focus on grammar and this and that? You just wanted them to be heard. So you wanted to create something that really helped them connect with community, which is something I absolutely love. So what's just going to get me into my next question? So tell us about your business, speak, et cetera, and your mission, your target market, and your intended impact with your clients. Yeah, you just summed it up, Summer. You just pulled it right out because it was there. Having been shy, having been in that cocoon, I know what it's like. And I don't want anybody to go through their life not having been able to make an impact. And I feel like, Making an impact is so incredible and it's so much easier and accessible than people assume. You know, one of the things that I I like to say in my keynote speech is you do not have to be perfect to make an impact. And so many times people feel as though they need to be perfect before they can put themselves out there to make an impact. They need to be perfect before they can ask for a raise or to even show up for something. It's so different. It's like, I I use an analogy sometimes. It's like when you look back at Steve Jobs' first iPhone, it was not perfect. You know, it's like this big clunky thing. And if he would have just said, oh, you know what? I can make it a lot smaller. I'm not going to really, you know, where would we be? You know, you have to put something out there and then continually own it. So my catchphrase that I use all the time is own it while you hone it. You know, it's like you hear so often. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like we hear so often like, oh, we have to fake it till you make it. I hate that phrase, but you know, What you do need to do is own it while you hone it because you already have it. It's already inside of you. How are you going to polish it while you're still putting it out there, while you're still making an impact? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love so much you've said here. So I agree with you. I'm not in alignment with the whole ideology of make it until you make it. That's just not who I am. That's not what I believe. That's not what I'm in alignment with you know, faking anything to me or that whole idea of faking it, you don't have to fake it, your authenticity and being out there with, I'm just beginning, I'm starting, I might, you know, fumble a little bit, but that's the wisdom that you apply to your next steps. So I love that, that you say you don't have to be perfect to make an impact. And that is such a critical message here. You don't have to be perfect to make an impact. And that is so true. That so, is so, so true. Oh my gosh. So 
I, I think that really sticks with me. And I think it'll stick with a lot of listeners because I think that we do feel sometimes everything has to be perfect. Our program mm-hmm. has to be perfect. Our book has to be perfect. There could be another iteration. Not to mention that there is no such thing as perfect. You know? <laughs> right. And what is perfect, yeah. right? We as humans are not perfect. And that's the beauty of it. Right. We are uniquely different. We are yes. unique. And so thank you for telling us about speak, etc. your mission, your target market, and your intended impact with your clients, because I think this will resonate with so many people. So tell us more about your book, Standing Ovation, Presentations, and where people can find this and just kind of describe what this book is about and how it can help people. Yeah. Standing Ovation Presentations is available on Amazon. And the second edition I put out during COVID, like a couple of years ago, so I updated it to include virtual <laughs> presentations, but it came out of that whole metamorphosis between actor and writer because I sat down and I was teaching English as a second language and I hated all the public speaking books. They were overpriced. They were very academic. And I said, there's got to be a more fun way and an easier way to teach public speaking and communication. So I sat down to write my own books. I was writing my own notebooks. I used that. And then I wanted a a hook. And I realized that as I was teaching these second language students, I had students from Japan. I had students from Latin America, Russia, India, all types of students. And what I started realizing is that so many of them had similar types and style, no matter what their original language is. And so I thought, you know, there are types just like in acting in people, you know, and when I wrote for the soaps, you had to write all of those archetypes. You know, you had to have the evil person and others, the sweet person and the nerdy person. So there were all of those archetypes. And so I decided to create my own style assessment that I call actor types. So there are the nine different types that you see in the movies or TV all the time, and they all have their certain way of presenting themselves, a certain way of talking, the certain way of thinking, the different ways that they connect to people, different triggers that set them off. And so I've created those nine actor types are fully explained in the book, Standing Ovation Presentations, um, what your fatal flaws are and what your strengths are and how to mitigate your fatal flaws so that you can become a superstar communicator because there is all that typecasting. Yeah, that's a great to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's great to be Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. But a great leader, a great communicator is the Meryl Streep who can walk into a room, see a script, and turn it into her. That's what our goal is, but we still want to own who it is that we are originally and then like put on different costumes, put on different ways or borrow different traits from other types so that we can get through and connect and relate to the people around us. Bravo. Yeah. Absolutely appreciate what you're talking about here. And there's a lot of correlation with psychology here. Mm Mm-hmm. When I hear you talking about this and my past, my professional past is in clinical psych, the doctor of clinical psych. So when you talk about types, when you talk about traits, when you talk about archetypes, a lot of that too, I see in personalities. Right. 
And so we start talking about personalities and there's several different types of personalities and each personality has traits right. and characteristics. And so once you know what that is, that's going to really help you blossom because sometimes those traits can be really overwhelming, right? Yeah, exactly. And so if you're not aware of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole saying, anything overused is abused. So if you're leaning into those traits too heavily, they become fatal flaws. Fatal flaws. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. You talk about it from that archetype perspective. And I look at it from that clinical perspective, like, hey, we all have personalities, but even me, I can be overwhelming. If I'm aware of how I'm presenting or how I'm interacting, that can be overwhelming for some people. So sometimes it's not that you want to pull it back and you want to continue to be your authentic self, but no, understand who you are and that. Yes, exactly. If acting hadn't bit me, I would have been a psychologist or even more a neuroscience right now, but I wasn't around at that time. So I totally nerd out on psychology and neuroscience. I like to call it aligned authenticity. Mm -hmm. That's one of the three pillars that I talk about when I talk about leadership, aligned authenticity, because just like you say, you want to be authentic and that authenticity needs to align with the circumstances, the situation, the day, the people that you're around, they need to be aligned. I mean, you can be as authentic as you want, but you also can be ineffective or another A word. Yes. That is so true. And then when you have that misalignment, what you're teaching or how you're collaborating or how you're connecting with people can really be out of whack. That can be really difficult then when you're thinking about your impact. Right. And so what I like to speak on is what I call the PPI, your passion, purpose, and impact. And so that impact that you want to have Sometimes just knowing your personality, Mm -hmm. your traits, your characteristics will really help you if you have that awareness. So another question I have to ask, because you've done so many things, you're recognized for so many things that you've experienced, your history as a writer, an actor, just being an incredible leader. My one other, other question is, what is one thing you're absolutely passionate about in either your personal or professional life? outside of some of the things you've already talked about? Well, I have an amazing son and he's one of the things that I'm passionate about. Being a parent, passionate about releasing him because he's grown, he's a grown man, releasing him from some of the, I don't want to say anxiety, but the cocoonness that I may have passed down to him. Okay, <laughs> And he's, he's great. He's like totally aware and he's uber successful. He's a Yale graduate, professional baseball player for five years. And now he just got his MBA from Wharton Business School. So he is extremely accomplished. And I still want him to realize what an amazing impact that he has. And he does, but he goes in and out of it. So that's connected to my bigger passion. There's a huge amount of people out there that I just feel like do not shine as greatly or just don't admit, don't own, don't 
walk into, don't lead with, don't recognize or don't excavate the brilliance that they have. And so one campaign that I want to start, and I, after every one of my keynotes right now, I created cards that on the front say, I see you shine. And on the back is a blank space for people to write. And what I want is people to recognize in each other qualities that that person may not appreciate, may not acknowledge, may not know that made an impact and just write it down and hand it to them. You know, let them know that they have made an impact and it was seen because I feel like that's a huge impact. And I know that, I mean, it started with my son. I know that he has a lot of people doing that, but I feel like if more people did that to people that they meet randomly or people that they don't know that well, because to be honest, I feel like if a PTA parent hadn't done that for me, you know, many, many years ago when my son was in middle school, I probably would not be here today. You know, there's a part of her that said, I want you to run for the PTA. And at the time I was like, what? I'm an actress. I don't do leadership. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about power. I only have one kid. I don't understand what you're talking about. She kept at it and she kept like bringing up things that she thought I could bring to the PTA, you know, parts of my personality, part of my, you know, my being calm and all this stuff. And so she just wore me down and then she got somebody out, other people to support her in it to the point where like, okay, fine, I'll run. I probably won't win and I'll probably fail. But, and that again, I ran, I won. We together created a board that transformed or metamorphosized the culture of that school and that culture's PTA. I love the idea of your cards because they can make such an impact. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of having a community around you to support right. you, to say, you can do this. Yeah, You might not even recognize this yeah. right now, but we recognize it. And we have faith in you. We want to support you. We want to help you. And that is so needed today in our communities. Yes. For people doing that. And I remember being in the sixth grade and one of my teachers saying, I want you to start speaking publicly. Mm. She was behind me 110%. And because she continued on and on and on with me, I said, okay, I give. All right. And so I did it. You know, those people out yeah. there are amazing and they have an impact and you remember them and they're part of you, right? Part of your experience is part of your life. So we've covered so much today. You're an author, you're a coach, you're a leadership trainer, you have a business, award-winning actor. My last question for you is, Robin, as we come to the close of the interview, if you were to leave the listeners with one suggestion or piece of advice today, what would it be? Excavate your gold and see the gold in other people. Thank you so much, Robin, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Summer. You know, I'm incoming president of National Speakers Association, New York City. So public speaking is a big thing. Everybody excavate your gold. Oh, I love it. You can follow Robin Hatcher on LinkedIn, Instagram, and at robinhatcher.com. You can also find her book, Standing Ovation Presentations, at Amazon. 
Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.